1: Yeah, we had that conversation. And yeah, it sucks. But this has nothing to do with that. Then prove it. Prove what? He's unhappy with his situation. When people are unhappy, they find a way out. Which brings me back to my point. You weren't really on board. I told you, I took care of Beck. Well, now you're gonna do the same for Jonathan. The Michigan ruling clearly states that he has Don't quote precedent to me. You figured out how he could break the non-compete, now figure out how to enforce it. Harvey. Enough. You're a pretty good lawyer when you want to be, so maybe try doing it for our side this time. Suits Season 3, Episode 14, is over. And if you're ready to hear us talk about Heartburn, then Suits Yourself. I'm Rob Sestradino, back here with the guy who is the heart of Suits Yourself. It's Chappelle. Chappelle, how are you? Rob, I'm good. It feels great being back with my
0: family here at Yes suits Pod, at Suits, uh, suits Yourself, at SuitsPodcast.com, Facebook. All of the Suits listeners, the associates, we're a family, Rob. This yes. felt like a family oriented episode.
1: Chappelle, if I remarry, will you be my best man? Of course. Obviously, what?
0: Okay.
1: All right. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Good to know. What are you talking about? Good to know. Yeah. Um, just kidding. I would never remarry. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> We're ready for uh, suits. And wow, that big life episode for Lewis and uh, ultimately a health scare a marriage proposal, and then maybe uh, like uh, a crossroads for the relationship of Lewis and Sheila's ass. And not to mention, there's a, a bit of a crossroads for Mike Ross, as I guess he contemplates another job offer to potentially go into another field, which no chance he's going to accept it, but maybe at some point we'll throw it in Harvey's face of like, I could have gone and worked with Jonathan Sidwell.
0: I could have been an investment banker. I could have been a contender. He said that Uh, was the
1: major leagues.
0: I I mean, listen, I'm yelling at the screen. Mike Ross, take the job.
1: Take the job. Take the job. Right.
0: Take the job. Why not? Rob, what's the dilemma here?
1: He loves the law. I really
0: like this. No, he doesn't love the law. Because if he loved the law, what he'd be doing is exactly what uh, Harvey said go to Iowa or Idaho one of the eyes, go to one of those, those, those states and pick a small town. Yeah. Start your own, uh, you know, go to law school, start your own thing, act like you've never heard of Pierce, Inspector, Darby, none of these people. And just, you know, serve the community, be the big man in that town, run that place. You know, as far as the legal uh, aspects are concerned, you could, you could have it all, but he doesn't want to have it all. He's like Harvey. He's used to living up here. And that would be living down here, and he's mm-hmm. not willing to do that. This man uh, wants the spotlight. He wants to fight it out with the with the with the big Fortune five hundred companies and stuff like that. He's getting a little greedy. So no, this is
1: not about the right. law anymore. This is about his ego. But he should take this job, and he should I mean, take the job. It's in Manhattan, right? I mean, him and Rachel yeah. could stay together. He'd be bringing in probably more money, and probably. yeah. Him and Harvey could stay friends. They could go out for drinks and then do movie quotes. And yeah.
0: they could literally be friends like to where they're not like, there's not this weird power dynamic where I, I hold your life in my hands. You're te- you're keeping my secret for me. Uh, I work for you, but also I don't really want to work for you. We're, we're all
1: going to go to jail. Like right, uh, Harvey know. can uh, breathe a sigh of relief jessica could finally sleep at night like everybody would be Rachel, better yeah
0: everybody would be better if mike ross took this job there's not one downside to mike ross taking this we job. went not to one.
1: vegas we beat the casino and we went home
0: let's cash out and take our asses home but mm-hmm. people don't know when to stop this is know. the moment like, this is a nine season show Rob. we will look back on season nine and be like you know there's going to be some catastrophic event or something like that, and we're going to look back and be like, Remember in season three? Remember in season three when you when you bobbed when you should have weaved? Mm-hmm. You should have, like you should have, yeah, yeah, at uh, uh, Bob, you know, like you, you should have weaved. And I really think that this is going to be one of those pivotal moments where we just say we could have had it all. Um, but Mike Ross is not interested in taking this job offer from Jonathan, who uh, works for Tony G. Tony Giannopoulos is back in this episode.
1: Yep. Tony G is back. I kind of like Tony G. I
0: kind of like Tony G. I really yeah. do. Uh, I don't like Jonathan. I don't like Jonathan.
1: Yeah. Jonathan um, kind of sucks. Um, but yeah. Yeah. When he has that conversation with Tony G where he shoots down Mike's idea and Mike gets all like in a whole like foul mood about it. And then Tony G and go goes and talks to Harvey and Tony G explains like to Harvey, like Harvey like talks it through. He's like, "Okay, because you want to make an example of him. So nobody wants to leave you again. He's like, there's my lawyer. Oh, that's the Harvey, you know.
0: Yeah, Harvey's trying to be like, "Oh, so you you just want to like uh you just want to make an example of him? You want to just come down hard on him? Sometimes so you just want to make an, an example
1: of out of somebody,
0: and that's okay. And that's okay. You know, like Harvey, get off your high horse. You know what game you're playing here. Um, Tony G's issue is that um he has someone named William Beck who works for him. He's actually the division head of the Coastal Radiant sunscreen, uh, and he's trying to break his contract. Uh, of course, he has a non compete." But uh, when, he, when he leaves, he's going to be taking his ideas with him. And uh, I think, was it Neutrogena wants to hire him or whatever? But um, Tony G is like, look, I don't care where he goes to work. He won't be involved in the sunscreen game. You know, th- that, that is out. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, of course, Mike Ross is trying to play like, oh, why don't we just do a spinoff? Give him his own little company, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. Like, Everybody wins. So she's like, Mike, you're a junior associate. Stay there where you belong, where you will always be because there's a glass ceiling over your head because you're not an actual lawyer. And so, of course, that hurts Mike Ross a lot. But it also kind of cuts Jonathan deep because Jonathan uh, would like to move up in the ranks here as well. And he can't do it because Tony G is the type of person to shut you down when you try to make uh, career moves. And so uh, him and Mike are in a very similar situation where they're looking at this as somehow this lawyer and this banker investment banker, are looking at their jobs and saying, you know, this feels like a dead-end job. I just don't think there's a future for mm-hmm. me here. Robin, are we reading this correctly?
1: Yes, I think so.
0: These people. Yeah. The, the, yeah. This, these people think that they yeah, I got it tough. You're in a high-rise. Yeah. You know, uh, you're in a... You know, like, I think my, like oh my, my, like my
1: ceiling is like, uh, you know, mid-six-figure salary. Mid six and six like, how
0: six could six six I live?
1: Like, I don't it, think i CEO.
0: Yeah, Mike Ross ain't even got no student loans.
1: Mm-hmm. Sir, <laughs> you
0: ain't got you ain't got no bills. You what are you what are you complaining about? You could do a cute acute seventy and be okay. Yeah. You know, a cute seventy. I might be only fine. be
1: married to a lawyer. Right. Real like,
0: oh, my God. We might but, only have
1: two lawyer salaries in this town.
0: Yeah. Like, listen, you would be you could struggle with 70 in New York. You could struggle, but you would not be. It's still not a dead end job. You know what I'm saying? Like, there are people in poverty, Mike Ross. Uh, you need to grow yeah. up. This is this is
1: worse than the like, weed propaganda. Yeah, sir, you were a, a, a bike messenger like 18 months ago.
0: Right. Literally within the last two years, you you and Trevor were like uh, slanging dope and <laughs> and riding bicycles for a living, and now you're like, oh, what am I to do if I can? But never when will be my name be on the partner? door? Yeah. Can I please buy into the senior partnership? This is a dead end job. I'm still going to be punching a clock. Look at Jonathan. I'm going to. I I gotta punch a clock forever for Tony G. I can never have my own. Like, must mm-hmm. be nice, Jonathan, Mike. You know, god dang, I was like, this is worse than the weed propaganda, because <laughs> this is like, oh my god, I'm supposed to be filming for these rich people?
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
0: Why do y'all go into education and then you'll hear me change my tune?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go back to Lewis because Lewis, this was a Lewis episode. And, you know, it started off so good for Lewis and he's not sweating. He said, today is his goddamn day. He ends up, uh, that was very funny when the woman took the cab from him. He's like, hey, don't upstream me. I'm going to sue you for sucking. What's your name? Uh, But he ends up running to the court. And he gets to the court and he gives like a great speech to like great closing argument to the jury and then has uh a heart attack uh seemingly a mild one and so uh don't want anything bad for lewis Mm -hmm.
0: yeah this was sad he was cooking though in the court i like i don't think we've ever seen lewis just do law by himself without you know the looming presence of harvey and mike or You know, Mm -hmm. whatever the case. Like, we weren't really tied to this case at all. So we just saw Lewis come in. He's working the jury. He's like, you're a good person. (laughs) I know you're a good person. You're taking notes. I see you, man. I'm like, like, finger guns and stuff to people. He was really in his element. But yeah, that heart attack took him out the game for a little bit. uh, And he was having such a good day. As you said, uh, he woke up in, you know, uh, you know, the glow of Sheila's ass Um, They just lay next to each other and just kind of look like they really like each other and stuff. And so, you know, her love for him made him dry all up. You know, he just he didn't have to sweat or anything before his closing arguments.
1: Yeah, Um, I don't know if there's been a time jump, but I do feel like that the Lewis and Sheila relationship, I feel like has moved very fast from the like, I, I don't know if. Now, I don't think that the months had gone by in the mid-season break because it was sort of like uh, just like three episodes ago that their conversation was she wanted them to be exclusive and then like make a commitment. And they went from sort of like dating exclusively to hear Lewis, you know, proposing marriage uh, in this episode.
0: Yeah, I don't. I can't I can't get a good handle on the timeline either. But just even looking at Mike and Rachel, you know, Mike and Rachel uh, they had sex in the mail room Or whatever that it was That one time mm-hmm. in the storage room And then I think it was Two episodes later She was his fish, officially his girlfriend Yeah And now we're already to the Let's move Moving in And get in. a place together Yeah, yeah So I'm assuming a lot of time has passed.
1: But I feel like that's not as fast as like, hey, let's get married. But okay, you know, look, in these major health scares, uh, this can definitely be something that sort of like changes the equation for Lewis. So Lewis is, you know, um, uh, moments with, with Jessica, with Harvey, with Donna, you know, just a, a lot of great Lewis stuff, Lewis appreciation. Everybody, you know, basically tells Lewis, how much they love him over the course of this episode except for Rachel uh we'll get back to that um you know that he's writing like love poems to uh to Sheila and mm-hmm. uh she comes in and he's writing this uh, beautiful poetry of all these famous lovers he left out Jamie and Cersei because he thought that that was going to be too spicy too controversial
0: a little bit, a little bit. I was going to, I was thinking about in my opening uh, of the podcast today. You know, like if I was like to propose to you, you know, I was, was going to say something to the effect of like, you know, like the the bromances of all times, you know, the ones that go down in television history and try to come up with some references that we both know. Mm-hmm. Um, but then I was like, I don't know. I don't know if me and Rob watch the same shows. So yeah. I was like, I don't know. What, what was at the, the top romances? of your list? Uh, probably Mike and Harvey. <laughs> yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Very topical reference for Save for it for March, there. maybe TV's best yeah. romances. Yeah. TV's best bromances? It'd be fun. Uh, maybe. Uh, what is it? Uh, Chandler and Joey? Or Chandler, Chandler and Joey. Ross. Uh, Which one would be the best bromance? No,
1: I I think no. Ross, uh, was kind of like his own thing. Like he was like third. Yeah, he years. was.
0: He was chilling. He was yeah. chilling. Uh, you're not a community guy, Troy, and I bed. Yeah, you know, sure.
1: I, I, I mean, just because I I didn't love Community the whole way through, sure. But Sacrifice. I know it. Yeah.
0: Don't ever say that again. No, the, the bromance is off. It's a mm-hmm. divorce now. Look at us. Yeah. That
1: that's <laughs> grand opening, grand closing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, so yeah, the uh, Jamie and Cersei might be too spicy, especially if uh, Ava Hessington comes back. She might like walk in and like rip up the poem if she sees that. Yeah,
0: or Lord Varys himself, you know. If we I don't think Lord Varys Barbie would game,
1: mind so much.
0: Uh, mm, it's hard to tell. It really mm-hmm. is. But yeah, this this was supposed to be romantic. Sheila's ass, of course, note picks up that Lewis is writing love letters. He was better friends propose. with their
1: brother, yeah.
0: He might have been, yeah, very much so. Uh, But yeah, uh, Lewis is proposing and he proposes in the hospital room, basically in his gown, ass out. um, And Sheila says yes, but it does for a second kind of feel like he he looked his mortality in the face and thought, you know, let me, you know, kind of hold dear the things that, uh, you know, that I love and the people that I love. And so he wanted to make a, a grand gesture. And so he proposed and Sheila's ass says yes, it's all great. It's, uh, you know, paradise for the moment, but then trouble in paradise is going yeah. because they haven't actually talked about the things you're supposed to discuss before you propose. Right. To and I
1: guess that's part of the problem with moving too fast is that for Lewis and Sheila, they can't agree on where they're going to live. For Lewis, like I can't give up uh, Pearson Specter now. Like all my friends are there and Sheila's like, well, I can't give up Harvard. That's that, that's where where I belong. And eventually... I think we do get an agreement that they will stay in New York, but then the episode uh, ends on a conversation between Sheila and Lewis about how that uh, Lewis is going to re- uh, really wants to be a father really wants to be a dad. And Jill's like, no, no, no Lewis, I'm not having kids. I don't like kids.
0: Yeah. These are real arguments. These yeah. are real conversations that you have with someone. You talk about whether or not you want to have kids. You talk about whether the one you, you want to move to Boston or, you know, or whatever. You leave your dream job or whatever. Um, this nonsense with Rachel and Mike, they're like, I don't know what school I should go to. I'll be right back. But, oh, my God, should I stay here in New York with you at a perfectly good school? Or should I go across the country far away from you at another perfectly good school? How do I weigh my options? Um you know, uh, Sheila's ass is more like, I've made my life, you know, around my career at at uh, Harvard, and I'm not willing to give that up without a conversation. Lewis is like, I've made my life around my family here at Pearson Hardman Spector, Pearson Spector now, uh, and um, I'm not willing to leave that without a conversation. And so mm-hmm. Sheila relinquishes and says, you know what, that's fine. I'll move with you to New York. And Lewis is like, oh, thank God, because now we can raise our babies out here in Manhattan with our white picket fences in our big backyards. And um, she's like, wait, babies, white picket fence, backyard, kids. That's not, I mean, I want to kick it with you. You know, I want to hang out with you. I don't really, I'm not a mom. That's not a thing that I want for me. And he's like, but I got to be a dad. And she's like, well, I just gave up. The dream, my dream job. Part of my personality is that I work at the Harvard and the archives. Like I've told you how important that is to me, and you're not willing to give up this for me. I just gave up something for you, and now Louis is at a crossroads. Now it does seem like, um, it does seem like this might not have worked out. I mean, at the end of the episode, we get Sheila's ass crying. We get Louis basically catatonic, and then Donna like barges in after seeing Louis in that state and tells Harvey that he needs to make up with Scotty, probably to keep. Harvey from ending up like Lewis um, Rob, is there any reason to believe that this was the official breakup of Sheila's ass and uh,
1: Lewis? No, I don't think so. I mean, I don't think that this should have been such a like a uh, deal breaker of like, it's a big conversation to have, but I don't think you can end the relationship on this one conversation.
0: It's a big conversation, though. It's you a know, big. Like, uh, it's a big conversation for sure, and, and yeah, it could be ultimately
1: the beginning of the end for Lewis and Sheila. But I, I don't think that necessarily, you know, Sheila could come around, Lewis could come around. You know, there could be some sort of like, uh, you know, happy medium. We could adopt a twenty-two year old. You know, mm-hmm. I, I think that there could be some. We'll get a dog. We'll get multiple cats, Lewis. Right. Adopt a
0: 22-year-old is wild. <laughs> but uh, definitely, like, I thought about that too. Sheila says, I like kids when they're adults and they're in college and they're about to go to law school. Like, that's my favorite age range. Like, the 22, when they're not actually children, but they're still, like, young enough to where they're kind of uh, adolescent in, uh, like, some of their, their like, habits, maybe. But that's about it. You know, like, uh, for the most part, these are these are grown adults who can make their own decisions. And I kind of feel them. Um... You know, like I said, I've, I've worked in higher ed for a very long time and that uh that sweet spot of just these people, they are they are, they are adults. I can tell them something and then they walk out and make mm-hmm. their own decisions and I don't have to think about it. Yeah. Uh, and then they come back and they tell me, oh, I screwed this up. And I'm like, yeah, you did and you're a grown up and now you have to deal with it. That's the perfect age range. Just the, These little tykes, the one that Lewis wants to raise. I'm kind of with Sheila on this one. They're not my fave. I can deal with them. Yeah. She said they don't really vibe with her though. You know, if kids don't like you, what are you doing?
1: Yep. I think it speaks to Lewis as a character where he like he likes these like fussy cats that only mm-hmm. want the milk the certain temperature and stuff like that. So like that that is probably similar to you know having small children.
0: Yeah, something finicky that you, requires a lot of like nurturing and like even with the associates, you know, Lewis is always going to put himself in a right. in a position where he can help mold out them. or like mold people exactly, and so uh, you know. How do you build the minds of uh, of the children of the of the next generation if you you're not you know you're not raising mm-hmm. them? And so I think that's probably what he's thinking, you know. Um, but this is a is a big conversation. Like I said, this this makes the Rachel and Mike conversation look like child's play.
1: Right. And then Rachel, that her thing in this episode is that she got her bills from law school, and her law school bills are very high. Now, I don't know necessary like uh, you mentioned like student loans. Here's uh-huh. Rachel who's you know her her father is Robert Zane. I don't know if she doesn't want uh, her dad involved with any of this. She wants to do it herself, but she's also like freaking out of like, we don't have that kind of money. We only have you know two law firm salaries coming into this house. And she's very concerned about paying off her law school bills. She goes back to that conversation she had with Lewis back in season one where Lewis had said they would pay for her uh, law school bills. And now Lewis has had a heart attack and she does not want to bring this up to Lewis. But do you feel like did Lewis pull one over? Did Lewis forget? Was Lewis like embarrassed that he said this and didn't want to tell Jessica?
0: Uh, no, I just think, I just think he forgot. I think it was think like, Rachel. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong.
1: He's a man of his word, Lewis.
0: I don't know about that. I don't know about that. I know that, um, I know that it felt like in the moment he did feel like, you know, that was the best that he was going to give her. Like he was, that was his apology. You know, he definitely did her wrong. And so I do feel like it was earnest when he said it. Uh, but. That would be giving Lewis the benefit of the doubt because we know Lewis very well after three seasons. Uh, I think that if you are in Rachel's position and you think back to the Lewis that fired you that day, that's a guy who might have just said that to get you to come back to work, who never intended on it. Maybe he never intended on you actually going to law school. Mm -hmm. Maybe he felt like, you know, whatever, you go to, uh, like, chances are you'll never have to, like, cash in on this. Um, And so I think it would be irresponsible to assume that Lewis was on the up and up. But I, I don't think you'd be wrong. I just think that, you know, um, Rachel assumed that Lewis was going to keep his promise and she didn't get it in writing. And so um, that is one of the flaws here, because now she has to go to Lewis and it's her word versus his word. And he is in a state where nobody wants to be challenging him. You know, he's, he just had a heart attack. And so she has to rely on Jessica to ho- uphold this end of the bargain. And she has no clue that it even happened.
1: Yeah, and so she goes to Jessica. Jessica's like, "No way, under no condition, I'm not doing that." She brings in Harvey and invokes the Harvey Specter clause, where, "Hey, you paid for Harvey to go to law school. You did.
0: You uh, you gave Harvey basically in advance, and he got to work here a little bit while he was uh, in law school. It covered everything. And this is not like, uh, oh, you're making a rule for Rachel because she's already suspending the." the Harvard clause, you know, where you have to go to Harvard or graduate from Harvard to work at Pearson Hartman or Pearson Spector. Um, But, you know, like, so she's waving that, but now she's saying, well, since you've done it for Harvard, you can do it for me. And Rachel has given this place, what, 10 years of work at this point? They know that she's good for it. It's not like she's, a, like, they're taking a, yeah. a huge risk on Rachel Zane. Um, they like having her around. If she told them she wanted to quit, they wouldn't even be happy about it. So I think that, yeah, This is probably uh, the best move that Rachel could pull. It's actually very impressive. I was happy for her that it worked out.
1: Yeah, and she's going to work as a part-time lawyer. But do you think that Robert Zane calls up Jessica like, ha-ha, I hear you're paying for my daughter to go to law school. Ha-ha.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. Yeah, like, I got you. You know, look at the Zanes getting over on you once again. (laughs) Jessica's like, damn it. God damn, Robert Zane. Um... I mean, it could happen. I'm going to buy just, another Lambo
1: with that money. <laughs>
0: with that money. Yeah. I mean, they, he has the money. I think that's another thing. Jessica probably looking at her like, man, if you don't ask your daddy for that money and leave Yeah. Him alone. Your father is Robert Zane. Yeah. We know Rachel ain't going for that. And so, like I said, I'm proud of Rachel. She pulled it off. Uh, a lot of the things Rachel does, I'm always like, what? But this one, mm-hmm. I think it worked out. Um, she was really beating herself up about the Lewis thing. I think she was beating him up too. She's just like, I hate Lewis's guts. I'm like, he don't even know you mad. Just say something.
1: Yeah. Okay, anything else you want to talk about with the Mike and Harvey and Tony G and the whole like number twos and having a glass ceiling?
0: Yeah, yeah so uh, Jonathan, uh, Tony G's number two, he comes to Mike later on and he says, Mike, did you see how Tony G did, uh, did Beck? I don't want that. I want out, he does this all the time. He doesn't let us grow. He doesn't let us be our own person and da-da-da-da-da. And Mike, like, oh, well, I can't help you with that because it's a conflict of interest. Uh, so you got to go. And the guy's like, well, Lewis is my lawyer, so I need to talk to him. But they're trying to cover up the fact that Lewis has had a heart attack. They don't want the clients panicking. And so uh, Mike kind of looks at that as his opportunity to be like, okay, so in order to keep your la- relationship with Lewis good, I will give you a little hint. Go check out this one mm-hmm. case. It set a precedent for what you're trying to do. So then uh, he does. He runs off and does it. Tony G, of course, sees through this and te- can tell somebody, um, you know, t- like pointed Jonathan in the right direction mm-hmm. uh, for h- who for told him, to him about to the
1: Michigan State of Appeals.
0: Right. And Harvey's like, it wasn't Lewis and it wasn't me. Well, it was somebody. Damn it. And Harvey's like, yeah, I, yeah, I probably know who it is. Same uh, guy so- screws
1: up every other case
0: anytime there's something that you definitely should not tell a client, Mike Ross definitely already told them. Mm -hmm. And so, um, so yeah, so he goes to Mike Ross. He's like, what are you doing? You got to fix this. This You're trying to make this about you because you want to be a hotshot lawyer and just realize that you can only be a regular lawyer. Uh, And he's like, no, that's not it. It's like, well, go fix it. So he goes and meets um, this guy named Kovacs at the racetrack and Kovacs, uh, Mr. Kovacs, he is the guy who's hiring Jonathan Sidwell. Mm -hmm. And so He's telling Jonathan, you can run my investment division because Jonathan has this algorithm that he has created um, that uh, will allow him to, like, identify which companies are ripe for takeover, right? Mm -hmm. And so this would be very valuable to somebody like Mr. Kovacs. But uh, Mike has realized that, okay, well, because of that, there is some intellectual property theft because that would technically belong to Tony G., uh, because Jonathan developed it while working for him. So that shuts down this uh transaction between uh Mr. Kovacs and Jonathan. Jonathan, of course, comes to Mike and is like, Mike, what the hell? I thought you wanted to help me. Mike's like, uh, no, it's all good. Like, what are you talking about? They put their heads together and they realize that, yeah, there is a way that this can work for everybody. But when Jonathan gets his like his go-ahead to move, I guess, out and to start his own stuff. He comes back for um Mike Ross and he says, Mike, you know, you would be great in this business. You know, you you want to be a lawyer. I know Harvey tells you that you're in the big leagues, and if you, you don't want to go to Iowa to be in the small leagues, the junior leagues, the minor
1: leagues, whatever yeah, the case. You're may in be, the big but leagues, but you're on the bench.
0: But you're on the bench. You could come be in the major leagues because investment bankers this is better than being a lawyer and you're good with numbers and he's not wrong. Mike Ross is the best person with numbers, honestly. Uh, and so, yeah, he leaves Mike with a job opportunity to come join him, uh, in his, uh, new investment banking, uh, firm. I don't know. Uh, he comes to, uh, join him with the investment bankers that Jonathan is about to run off and go do Mm -hmm. at his new corporation. And so, uh, yeah, that's where we leave Mike. He's kind of in a situation where he needs to decide if, he wants to pull the uh, emergency exit latch here on suits and go do a different job. Rob, he could still wear a suit.
1: He could still wear a suit. Uh, we'll he's see. Suit. We'll see what he does. Uh, I think that my prediction is he's not going to take this job, but he's going to throw it in Harvey's face. Like, I could have been in investment banking. See, I chose I to pro- stay here.
0: I want Harvey to tell him to go take the job. Yeah. And then to, like, realize, like, uh, what am I going to do without him if he takes
1: the job, you know? Well, and Harvey like, can yell at him, like, good, you should go. Good. He's like, fine, t- I will, I'll do it. yeah And then he comes back, gosh, oh, I can't leave. Yeah, I no, Donna I walks to
0: in. Yeah, yeah Donna walks in immediately and is like, Harvey, you have to make up for this. He's like, why? You're sad to see Mike Ross go. We're all sad to see Mike Ross go. And you need to apologize to Scotty. You know, like, Donna will come in. I don't and like him. I never liked him. It's like you love him. Shut up. Mm-hmm. And so um, yeah, I could see that. Um, but I but well, come on. Between you us, don't leave, yeah. I leave. Yeah. Rob right between us, everybody here at Suits Podcast, suits yourself at SuitsPodcast.com slash Facebook. Y'all know the game. Mike Ross should definitely take this job. Harvey should be yeah. encouraging it. get all parties of stand up. This. You gotta stand up. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta yeah. stand up, man. This is this is you down bad, damn. yeah. Like you, you cannot be that down bad. Stop getting this. lit up and stand up. Stand the hell up, yeah, uh, yeah. This is this is just the the this is the best thing. We've been trying. We've been raking our brains for the exit strategy for Mike Ross for which job we, he would be good at. He's a numbers whiz. Yeah, this is this is this is child's Couldn't be bad. play. Couldn't be bad. Yeah,
1: I don't know. This, boo, boo, Mike Ross, boo, take the job. Boo, Mike Ross. Okay, Chappelle. So, who gets the Liddy today?
0: Mike Ross. Uh, yeah, Mike Ross. Maybe.
1: I guess, guess for getting a job think, offer.
0: Because if we did not already know, me and you were savvy enough. We watch enough TV to know he ain't going nowhere. Mm-hmm. But if we did not already know, we would be like, "This is good."
1: He could do, it. You should do right? it.
0: Yeah. Right? Um Lewis does not get it. He had a bad day. Rachel. Rachel could get it. Rachel yeah. could get it. Yeah. hmm Give it to Rachel.
1: Okay. Or Liddy for Rachel. And if you don't want to, I'll give bonus Liddy to Rachel if she gets Mike to take this other offer tomorrow. Oh my God,
0: please. Yes. Like, I would much rather Mike take the offer and then we come back in a day or two and be like, that was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Go back to Pearson Harbin. you know, but to, to just be like, no, this is my family. Mm-hmm. I deserve to work here. I have a lawyer, damn it. And you can't tell me I'm not. Right, uh, nah, I don't like that one. Um, Take the job.
1: Yep. Okay. We mentioned the reference to Game of Thrones. Uh, Got some interesting feedback for this one. Lindsay says, this is one of my favorite episodes in the entire series. It's such an emotional roller coaster. And this is the first episode where I really become invested in Lewis's journey. This is also the episode where you see the special bond between Lewis and Donna. And I'm here for it, where Donna went to go visit Lewis in the hospital. And he said, Am I in heaven? Uh, so she was uh, you know, very important in uh, this relationship with Lewis. And really, we have not seen that much. We've only seen, you know, uh Donna shutting Lewis down.
0: Yeah, but she even knew that when Lewis said he didn't want any visitors at the hospital, she read that as he doesn't want she he doesn't want y'all at the hospital because he's embarrassed, but he does want some Donna time. And Donna came to his rescue as she should have. Um yeah, Donna has that relationship with a lot of people on this show. We know that she is Harvey's confidant. Her and Rachel are starting to become a lot closer. Um, but then, like, of course, yeah, her and Lewis have worked together for a very long time. Uh, mm-hmm. I think they both bond over, you know, shared disdain for Harvey at different times. You know, like they they both see Harvey when he's doing dumb stuff and uh, can call him on it. Uh, you know, so. They're like they're like in a work relationship not like in the same way that Harvey and uh and Donna are but like you know it's like it's like they they get each other they're like siblings at work you know and so he, he, that's his person mm-hmm. um it was it was good it was good to see that you know because you know Lewis is in a tight spot it, waking up and seeing Donna at your bedside it might convince you that it's heaven just you know not so soon Lewis stick around for a little bit longer
1: mm-hmm. yeah okay then we Got David Schwartz wants to know, uh, which is the true major leagues, the law or investment banking?
0: Hmm. I mean, I don't know a lot of investment banking. Like, I
1: don't know a lot about that. Do you uh, have any investment banking shows we should be watching? Um, I don't know a lot about it either, sadly, but I I don't know. I feel like that. So Pearson Hardman is supposed to be the major leagues of the law in that it is like the top law firm like. I don't know if this is like is Tony G at the like the top level of investment banking? Is he like the guy? He feels like the guy,
0: you know, like, Tony G is so smooth. You know, I I, I think that you don't get he a,
1: a $50,000 bond on fire for no reason.
0: Just to make a point,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, so yeah, I think that you know Tony G is probably as good as it gets here, um, and so it's like if Mike Mike could have a glass ceiling in general, just because he works for Harvey and Jessica, you know, like if Mike Ross is ever going to get past Harvey, he needs to have an exit strategy because I don't think he's ever going to be on oh, like Mike uh, what Pearson and Ross and Inspector and uh, Pearson Inspector Ross, you know, like. Uh, I feel like him and Jonathan are going to be in a very simi- similar situation, regardless of if Mike is uh, a legal rock star or not, right? He's probably always going to be in Harvey's shadow. Um, so there's probably something to that. But as far as investment banking goes, I can see where maybe you get in a situation where Tony G is just the guy to beat, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I'm looking up different shows about uh, finance and banking. Um Billions. Billions, of course. Yeah. Uh. Apparently, Wall Street Warriors is a thing. Mm-hmm. Um. A gaming Wall Street on HBO Max. Eat the rich. The GameStop saga on
1: uh, Netflix. Yeah. But a lot of those are documentaries.
0: A lot of these. Yeah. A lot of these are American Greed is a documentary. I don't know. It's not a lot of uh shows
1: about yeah, these I think kind billions of things. Oh, might be the one.
0: Yeah. Billions is the one. Hmm.
1: Okay. I don't know. Is I Tony guess, G I guess, uh, on Billions?
0: Is Tony on It's probably about him. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, have you ever seen Bull? No. You don't remember Bull on TNT? On It was on TNT? I thought it was on CBS. Yeah. Uh, it
0: probably was on CBS at some point. I thought it was on TNT. I can see the... I can vividly see the thing. But I think that was about Wall
1: Street. Okay, um, um, so yeah, Dr. Jason Bull is the charming and cocky founder of Successful, Successful Trial Consulting Firm, Trial and, uh, Analysis Corporation, where he and his uh, team of experts employ uh, psychology, human intuition, high-tech data to understand jurors, lawyers, witnesses, and defendants.
0: Yeah, I remember that show. I don't think it was on that long, but I remember that show. Um, yeah, maybe we have to watch Bull after this. Put it on the list. Sounds like it's a law show. It does, right? They look at trials or something like that. Maybe it's a different show you're thinking of. Uh, Maybe. Maybe.
1: It's a different show that was on TNT. Yeah, yeah, a different one. (laughs) Yeah, because this was on CBS. Oh, okay. okay.
0: So maybe there is a different one.
1: (laughs) Yeah. All right. So then Anessa said, the statute of frauds requires all agreements that cannot be completed within one year to be put into writing. Otherwise, they are unenforceable. Uh, Is she talking about the Lewis and Rachel agreement?
0: Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure that it's like, uh, you made this agreement years ago. There's probably like a limit in which you can tap into this. Like Rachel, I don't think Rachel can decide to come to Lewis like 30 years from now and be like, remember that time you told me that you were going to pay for me to go to law school mm-hmm. or maybe, or maybe she can. I mean, he, she, I, I think the terms were whenever I decide to go, you're going to pay for yeah.
1: it. Okay. Yeah. All right. So, That's our feedback, suitspodcast.com slash feedback. Uh, Can I read you a review that comes to us? Of course, it's so easy to leave us uh, great reviews or, you know, whatever reviews you want, but preferably five stars, suitspodcast.com. We got the whole entry form is right there. So easy. Here's one from Tuesday who says, so funny, five stars, I could listen to Chappelle read the dictionary. He's hilarious. I'm rewatching a show I watched in real time. Why am I doing this? This is a brilliant podcast. Thanks to Chappelle and Rob for doing this every single day. And also, yeah, uh, how about one from CBBT007 who says five stars, Suits Yourself is Giving Baby Girl. Love it. (laughs) Ha ha, you see it. Thank you. Snatch a little waistcoat. Yeah, mm-hmm. go to suitspodcast.com to leave some feedback like that.
0: Yeah. Uh, and then also, of course, you know, tweet us at SuitsPod. Let us know what you're thinking about the show. We got uh, a nice, good uh, image steal um, on there. I won't tell you what it is, but a lot of people have been chiming in and letting us know that they got there. You just got lit up mugs already. Mm-hmm. Um, Kelly Ann says, I mean, Kelsey Ann excuse me, says, uh, at Suits Pod. totally forgot about this until this episode, but after uh, binging Suits on Netflix years ago with roommates, it's been on Canadian Netflix for ages, my roommate got me this for Christmas, just dug it out of my cupboard and uh, I think we got another picture of someone's uh, Suits mug or at least we got the link to Mm -hmm. Suits mugs on our Facebook page, so go to SuitsPodcast.com slash Facebook, join that conversation, take a look at uh, the stuff that's getting posted and Get your own suits lit merch because I, I'm probably gonna get one. I'm not gonna lie to you. I mm-hmm. think I, I, a hoodie is in my future if they have one.
1: Okay. All right, Chappelle. Anything else about suits today? As we're only two episodes away from the season three finale.
0: We're so close. Thank you all for uh for listening, for joining in, for uh you know giving us all the feedback because we're almost to season four. And uh, then we'll be at the halfway point. And this seems like it was just started yesterday. So I'm having a great time. The more interactive y'all are, the better. So keep it up.
1: All right. I'm at Rob Sister Nino on Twitter. Thank you for joining us. Take care, everybody. Have a good one. Bye.
0: Life's better with American Family Insurance.